Hey everybody, welcome to TCP Talks with Jonathan Baker and Justin Broadley from The Cloud Pod. In this series, we're bringing you interviews with the best and brightest leaders and heroes from the tech and cloud industry. Hey, this is Peter Rosakis, uh, co-host of the Cloud Pod, and I am here today with Rahul Takar uh, with AWS, and uh, super excited to get to talk to you today about your new announcements. Peter, it is such a joy to meet you, and this is like this is the first podcast, the first event that I'm attending um, since launch, since we were announced this morning. So I can't wait to tell the world about. Uh, AWS SimSpace Weaver, and you know, I'm, it's it is just such a joy. So yeah, please let's get started. This is exciting. First off, I don't understand then how you're still awake. I can't imagine the sleepless nights um, heading into getting everything wrapped up. That's a huge accomplishment. Yeah, uh, well, credit goes to the team. It's we are surrounded by some of the most wonderful people, um, and and it's such a joy. Um, you know, building this product with them and and uh, delivering it, but you know, AWS SimSpace Weaver, it it really enables our customers to run extremely large scale spatial simulations without managing, without having to manage any of the underlying infrastructure. Um, so it it essentially takes your spatial simulation and and distributes it uh, across uh, like a large number of compute nodes. It even removes the complexity of state management between entities that are, or things, you know, people, crowd, crowds, um, cars, drones, uh, as they move about the simulation, and you know, you're exchanging state information among the compute nodes. Um, it takes away that complexity. It, you know, it truly empowers the customers to run very large worlds using massive 3D objects and and uh, you know millions of real-time interactions. So prior to the service being released, uh, if I wanted to do this, the technologies, what technologies were available, and what was what was what were my limitations? So generally, if you wanted to do such a large simulation, so let's take an example of crowds in an entire city, right? You're talking about hundreds of thousands, if not millions, probably millions. And if you wanted to study their behavior, what you would do is you'd take a smaller data set, like a you know, 100,000 or a, a, um, probably 100,000, probably a little bit more, and then uh, develop a simulation around it, and then put it inside a smaller spatial environment, run it on a server, study it, and hope that it translates to the big picture. Right. So you would take a sample of your your work, and you know, if you wanted to distribute it across many compute nodes, it would take a lot of folks and many years of of uh, development effort. And our customers came back to us, as you know, Amazon is first and foremost obsessed over our customers, and they came back to us and said, you know, we have this problem. We want to scale our simulations, um, and we do see this as undifferentiating for us. Because we are doing this over and over again for solving one problem and then moving on to another problem and doing the same thing. Can you help us? And we huddled around that idea 
and you know AWS SimSpace Weaver essentially solves that problem for them. Right. So we we you know uh, from taking it from like the hundred thousand entities interacting with each other on a single machine. We have moved it across 10 compute nodes, um, over a million entities interacting with each other in real time at 30 hertz. So it's pretty so that pretty awesome ach achievement, I would say. So prior to that, um, basically, a lot of this would have to be done sequentially. Um, and now you can do it in parallel. Yes. Across larger areas with more entities. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, imagine if you divide your world up, and I think the, the keynote did some awesome justice. You, you know, imagine the, the city of Las Vegas that we are in today, um, and you wanted to study the behavior of crowds. You know, just AWS, I think, reInvent has over 50,000 people present here. Yeah. And then there is the rest of Vegas, and then there are people visiting. And you can quickly realize that the problem becomes quite compounded. And then you have, and I think there is a YouTube video uh, which has just gotten released about uh, a simulation done using uh, the 3D data set of Vegas and close to a million people walking in the city. What we realized is you run out of room. Yeah. There's not enough room for folks to walk. So how would you manage a situation where um, a large gathering of crowds is in the, in, the, in the city? So we divided the problem up into multiple parts. Um, and then, you know, the, and again, we, you know, we helped our customers author the simulator. They came in with the 3D data. They came in with the crowd simulator and they developed um, the simulation as if it was running on a single compute node. Mm -hmm. And then using SimSpace Weaver, both the SDK, which does entity management, as well as the, the API, which allows you to distribute the problem over 10 compute nodes, they were able to, in a matter of, I think, a few weeks, um, run the entire city as a single simulation on AWS. So it was quite remarkable. And even us looking at it, right? Looking at the, the, the baby that we worked on and worked so hard towards realizing itself and our customers coming back saying, oh my God, this is nuts. This is amazing. And then, you know, we worked with Maxar and got the city of New Orleans uh, in 3D uh, using their 3D data set and it worked. And we had, I think, the data set from the movie Matrix of New York. Perfect. Yeah, New York City. <laughs> Perfect. And, and uh, we were looking at, uh, we were working with our partners, Duality Robotics. They got the data from Epic. Um, and uh, um, they were the ones who programmed in the crowds. They were the ones who programmed in the vehicles. And then they wanted to do an EMS use case, emergency management service use case, uh, where they wanted to see uh, the behavior of EMS vehicles in a crowded city uh, reaching a particular point where somebody had uh, a stroke or mm -hmm. fell down and nobody knew what was going on. It, they were able to use SimSpace. We were in a matter of, I think, a few weeks again and, and get it up and about. And they have a, a simulation running. 
We have so many use cases like this. We have um, Lockheed dealing with, and I think it's in the press release as well, we have Lockheed writing a simulator that depicts a disaster situation. And now imagine if instead of people, you're making sure that people receive medicine, food, water as entities from different parts of the United States. And then they get what they need in the time that allows them to be safe, right? Uh, it, the help that they're supposed to re receive reaches them on time. How do you simulate that? Right. And not only do you have to simulate it once in, in such a large environment, you have to simulate it over and over and over again. And Lockheed has developed the simulator. And AWS SimSpace Weaver has enabled them to scale the simulation. So, you know, that kind of makes us feel pretty, uh, pretty proud. Uh, and I think the crowds that were uh, walking around in, in Vegas that I was talking about, our customer um, and partner U Crowds were the ones who um, were developing their crowd simulator and they released their crowd simulator recently. So, you know, they came back to us and said, hey, you, you guys helped us write our stuff. So it feels really, really good inside to, to um, realize how our product is uh, helping our customers. And the fact that we, we worked from customer backwards is something that um, allowed us to, to deliver the kind of value that um, they're getting right now with, uh, with AWS SimSpace Weaver. That's awesome. So how did you get interested in cloud and, and then the sim space in general? So it was an interesting journey. Um, uh, I, I started my career in the motion picture business. So films like Ants and Shrek and, yeah. and others. And uh, I was part of their R&D team. And if you're watching the movie and, you know, there is a big flood in the movie Ants, that's computational fluid dynamics simplified by a fellow colleague and rendered using a particle renderer that I had developed. And while I was working on that problem, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a pretty complex thing and it took us hours to render one frame. Oh. And, you know, we were, we were, you know, if you think about it, it's 80 minutes, 24 frames per second yeah. uh, of the film and you're doing one take of one shot in the entire film and it's only one layer of just the water falling. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and so you can imagine the complexity of the world that we were trying to create. And this is back when Shrek was being done and Ants was doing done in 1990s. Um, you know, fast forward, I, I, you know, left the industry and moved into um, a small startup with, um, uh, which was developing technologies for, uh, uh, you know, satellite imagery and mapping and such. And we noticed that there is a 3D or a dimensionality to uh, observing things. And we studied large behaviors only to realize that these maps, these worlds are so big, humans can't look at this stuff. We, we you know, it's a lot of information. You can't have a hundred human beings staring at a, a screen just like you see in the movies. Right. It has to be automated. Um, after that, I was in aerospace where simulation is ubiquitous to how we work. But across the board, um, you know, one of the problems that we did notice is 
you know, when you have things um, that are interacting with each other in a very large simulation, you need to break the problem down. And, you know, uh, throughout this entire journey, um, having worked in the enterprise with, you know, large cluster of machines at, at, um, while making films, um, and then later in, in the uh, mapping side of the world, um, uh, some, at some point I realized that we, you can't keep doing this. It is really expensive to maintain your own infra. It's like something you don't want to do. It's something you don't want to spend your resources on because you want to take the same people and have them focus on the problem at hand, which is, you know, it could be real-time mapping or it could be um, making a beautiful movie or designing a, you know, a plane. And that's the problem you want the team to focus on. What if the entire industry pivoted and allowed you to not worry about the, the compute piece? Yeah. And they made it easier and easier and easier. And when I heard about AWS back in, I think, 2009, um, it was an eye-opener. Like, this was the way to go. So I have been an AWS customer since 2009-2010 timeframe. Um, and... Uh, and now I'm part of the family. I'm actually very proud. That's great. So a little bit about the AWS services underlying the technology. So obviously it's a brand new service, uh, but we're all super familiar with lots of the AWS primitives out there, EC2 and EBS, and, and then a lot of the managed services on top of that with AI and ML services, SageMaker, et cetera. Um, how are you leveraging the AWS primitives below your service? So. Um, as a great example, you know, we use EC2, mm-hmm. right? EC2 is, is one of the services that we use, but we automate the, the deployment. And, and then we have, uh, for high-performance computing, for example, we have the EFA, uh, the enterprise, I mean, sorry, the Elastic Fabric uh, uh, Network, which, which um, as, as essentially is an extremely fast network. So it allows us to exchange state information among the instances that are, uh, the EC2 instances that are hosting our application. Um, we have, um, you know, uh, and, and again, as a managed service, um, because it's fully managed, uh, all the other uh, technologies that exist around enabling our um, service to be fully managed. So managing logs, managing, um, um, the front end, uh, you know, all of the tool sets that are available within AWS, we are consuming them to build the service. So, um, you know, um, I think um, in terms of logging, we have, uh, uh, I forget the name, I think it's CloudFront or CloudWatch. CloudWatch logs. Yeah. 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 It, um, you know, we help our customers get the, their data yep. um, and and see how things are going in the simulation. Um, we have the ability to write to storage to S3 so that our customers can take their simulations and, and uh, essentially write the information out because, as I said, these simulations are really, really large and you can't just observe them from a perspective because you then only get that perspective. Right. And it's impossible for the single human being to look at so many perspectives. In fact, you only get those perspectives. So if you want to look at the entire um, simulation, then you need to um, 
kind of record the state of that simulation and how it moves. So it, we have S3 and the uh, the core services that allows the the team to um, um, allows our customers to remember what they did, remember right. how the simulation played out. So all the core services is something we definitely are using, and then some of the higher level services as well. Cool, cool. Um, so one thing I'm a little bit curious about, and I don't know how much it applies, but I'm curious your thoughts around the whole concept of the metaverse, what Facebook is doing now, Meta, um, and how maybe your technology would either enable those uh, those worlds or not really not really involved. Well, so you know what what we love to say is, you know, each each one of these organizations have their own vision of a metaverse. Some have an enterprise vision, like Duality Robotics, for example, is building their, their digital twin simulator. And if you had many digital twins in a world that is spatially uh, oriented, then you can study the behavior of that world. So that's what a metaverse means for them in you know, oversimplified terms. Yeah. We build the tools that empower them to build their metaverses. So, again, working customer yeah. backwards. Right. Right. Um, they are our customers and they are our partners. You know, we want them to be successful in building the tools that allow their simulators to become general purpose. Uh, maybe their simulations that they build using their tool sets um, enable their customers to then solve some very specific problems. So if you want to, let's say, deal with a supply chain problem and you're working in a large warehouse like one of the fulfillment centers that Amazon has and you want to track how each package behaves alongside how each piece of equipment behaves, like the robots that we have um, on the floor, alongside how people move about doing their work and you want to simulate that behavior. This is a perfect environment. Maybe yeah. they want to build a simulation for their customers to realize that vision. And um, you know, they came back to us and said, "Hey, you know, we, we want to do this. Can you can you help us out?" And we're like, "AWS SimSpace Weaver." <laughs> and so that's an example. Um, and I think you crowds also noted that uh, if if you are building a crowd-based simulation for creating a world that they envision for whatever use case they have, then, you know, coming back um, to AWS SimSpace Weaver, um, they would use us as a tool set to realize what they want to do. So that's the kind of, uh, um, you know, that's where we envision helping our customers build the, the world that they want to create. Awesome. So now I can't help but ask, uh, you know, all the uh, a philosophical question, mm -hmm. which would be, uh, uh, you hear the many different theories about the origin of the universe, <laughs> and then the simulation theory that we're all living in a simulation. Have you heard this theory? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So if it existed, how many EC2 instances would we need? Probably a lot, I'd imagine. <laughs> Well, in that world, yeah. you would have AWS. Yeah. Uh, and in that world, AWS would be in the same form as it is today. 
And in that world, we would be having this conversation. So it is, uh, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, but, uh, uh, but it would be the same as it is in this, this world. And maybe if there is a multiverse, just like you watch in the Marvel movies, yeah. in that multiverse, you would have different universes where you would have AWS and it would be solving a similar problem. Yeah. Do you think, uh, do you think you'll see any similar products coming out of uh, Azure or GCP or any uh, other competitors uh, soon? It seems like you've got sort of the, uh, the leg up here on this one. Well, so we, we look at, you know, we always are customer obsessed. So, you know, you will see, as you may have read our, our leadership principles, right? Customer obsession is at the top. So we work backwards from our customers. Competition is great. It's important to have that. Um, but we always work ourselves uh, backwards from our customers and innovate on their behalf. Yeah. So, you know, I, I would say AWS SimSpace Weaver um, as a service as a fully managed brand new service today um, is the only service out there for managing this this kind of infrastructure. But again, it's more focused towards the customer. So we are working backwards from them, solving their problems and innovating on their behalf. Um, that's where I would regard, you know, it's great to have competition, but it's important to focus on the customer. You focus on the customer and then you let them copy you, well, <laughs> basically. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, enjoy, we enjoy taking care of our customers and that's how we, we grow. Awesome. That's great. Um, if, if you were to, um, obviously the service is brand new. Yes. Um, there's, I'm sure, a thousand things that can be made better about the service or the space in general, no pun intended. But uh, what big problem do you think currently exists in this space that you'd like to solve in the next several years uh, with the service? So, again, um, we would love to see, actually, this is a great challenge for our customers to help us envision where they want to go. So, and I, you know, I can't predict the future, but I can say that we are, um, we are really excited to see where our customers take uh, the current incarnation of SimSpace Weaver mm -hmm. and then come back to us and say, um, AWS, we would like some more. And here are the things that we realized are still undifferentiated for us. And we will um, look to you to help us realize them. Right. And that's when we will get that you know, we will get that feedback through iterating um, over what we have today. And you know, I can't comment on the future, but I can definitely say that that's the journey that we are going to take. Great. That's great. Well, um, it's been great to talk with you. Are there any other uh, highlights of the product? Well, I'm, <laughs> it's like being a kid in a candy store. <laughs> Uh, you know, as as the the leader of, of uh, simulation technologies organization, uh, when you launch a service, uh, it it just gives you like this warm and fuzzy, right? It gives you great joy. It is it's a lot of fun work, um, and this is why I I am in the business. Um, but this whole concept of working backwards from the customer, mm -hmm. you know, you hear about it outside. You know, when, when you hear as a customer, um, 
the keynotes and such, and folks talk about it. Um, and then you're part of that that endeavor. It really makes us um, realize how good a product we're building. But as you can see, AWS SimSpace Weaver is a managed service. It's a fully managed service. It allows you to uh, to essentially remove the burden of managing infrastructure when you're building a spatial simulation. Mm -hmm. um, it uh, allows you to remove the burden of distributing um, the state of all the entities that you're managing in your simulation. So what you're focusing on is the behavior of the simulation itself. And from a customer's point of view, this is an extremely powerful um, statement um, because we are making it on their behalf. Yeah. Right? Um, and I can't wait, and I kid you not, I cannot wait to see how we are taking, how our customers are taking um, uh, this, this uh, service to the next level for solving their problems. Right. Yeah, um, and that's interesting because it's kind of, it's obviously a pretty new service just in general in the market. I would imagine it's going to open up opportunities for uh, companies to do things that they wouldn't consider doing prior. What percent, if you had to guess, what percent of workloads do you think you're going to get that are maybe customers are already doing simulations, but this is just going to make it better, faster, easier, and they're going to migrate to this service versus these are all net new initiatives because it wasn't even possible before. So we have, um, we have heard both sides of the story. So, you know, uh, companies have been doing simulation for ages. Um, some of them are spatial in nature. Um, so they would definitely want to, um, uh, want to take their simulators that they've written and, and scale them. Uh, it's hard to tell what percentage because this is a net new service. Right. But uh, again, we'll be, able, we'll be tracking this uh, quite, uh, uh, you know, uh, with, with a level of curiosity. Um, and then um, there are folks who would be like, okay, I really wanted to do this. I never had the opportunity to. I'm a developer. I want to give it a shot. And then something amazing comes out of it. And that might create an entire industry. I, yeah. I don't know. Um, it's it's both the, the the innovative portion and the enabler portion, right? Which we have um, delivered on behalf of our customers. And and uh, you know, I, I can I can imagine being a customer, hearing about this service, and you know, talking with my developers in my company, saying, "Hey guys, we've been building this." for a while, can we use this and shorten time to market? Um, and and then the team would be unleashed on on solving the problem. So both net new and I think migration is something that I see happening. Yeah, and the migration is probably, the ROI calculation is probably pretty simple because they have their existing workload. They know what it's going to cost on AWS to run it. There might be a, a cost savings. There might be time to market savings. Oh yes, uh, the you know the the things that we talk about, right? Elasticity, uh, cost savings, agility, um, innovation. Like these are some of the reasons why people come to AWS in the first place, and um, it, it touches on all you know AWS SimSpace Weaver touches touches on all of those points. Yeah, and then and then you have the net new workloads where the ROI calculation is not so easy. Well, so the, the interesting part there is, we, you know, can we do this ourselves? No, because why would we, right? It's already there. It's like, would you ever write an operating system today? 
<laughs> and you would probably download Linux or you would, you know, if you're working on an IoT, IoT platform, you would use AWS Greengrass or, you know, if you are on a Windows-based machine, you would never write the operating system. Right. You would, you know, or a Mac, but you would use what's there. If you wanted to edit documents, you would never write a word processor. Yeah. If you wanted to build a spatial simulation, um, and you wanted to make sure that the entities um, uh, scale and communicate with each other in real time. Um, you have to. That's one pro one less problem you have to think about. Oh yeah. So, and it's a very big problem. So um, I I see them coming. And uh, in fact, <laughs> I've been having conversations with old friends and I worked with, and they're like, "Dude, this is totally what I wanted." That's great. You're so lucky you get to work on this problem. And I'm like, yes. And what are the what industries are most excited? About obviously you mentioned aerospace, um, so think about smart cities, mm -hmm. right? So organizations, both uh, you know, local, um, state, federal, across the world, that are trying to solve problems like, hey, I'm you know, uh, I'm in the city of so and so, or I'm in a um, a small country, let's say, and we are about to change the transportation patterns because of us building this big bridge or this big thing, uh, you know, big mall or something. And this will change the pattern and behavior of the entire city. Right. Or I'm a port and we have shipping coming in and we want to simulate uh, how our containers are, are moving in and out um, in case of a pandemic, in case, case of a geopolitical situation. Um, how do we do that? Well, you know, work with our partners, let them write the simulators for you, and they will happen. They would be using AWS MSpace Weaver as if they are using the cloud. Yeah, you know, they're it's it's part of their development pipeline now. So that's you know some of the one of the industries, and of course logistics and supply chain. Um, when you're talking about large scale event planning, so if you're doing sports and such, um, so wherever you need to simulate a um, a large problem where you have, you know, digital replicas of the real world. Yeah. And there are many of those. And you want to observe the interactions. That's where I would say Sims, AWS SimSpace Weaver would be uh, the right tool to apply. And then, of course, there are places which we haven't even thought about, which I'm sure our customers will come back and say, we used AWS SimSpace Weaver to do something. And it would be like, whoa. We had no idea yeah. you could do that. Do you think they'll have any applications to competitive sports? I don't know. Maybe. I mean, we'll help them out if they if come so, back. Well, as a Niner fan, I would say just make sure it's not for Seattle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm uh, in, when it comes to sports, I'm a fan of cricket. Oh, nice. Because I, I grew, grew up in, in, in that side of the world, and I'm very passionate about the game. So any, any, any such large venue and, you know, is, is welcome uh, to be simulated on AWS. Because ultimately, what we are doing is driving for, striving for um, um, making sure that the world is safer and better. So, uh, and that experience that we get in those events are, uh, is something that we remember for a lifetime. Well, that's exciting. And yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing the customer use cases start to pour in on this because it is super interesting, uh, brand new space, at least for me. Yes, it, uh, for all of us, it's, it's something totally new. And I'm inviting the developer world, um, 
because this is the part where you get to have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time and best of luck moving forward. I'll be watching closely. Thank you very much, Peter. Such yep. a joy. Visit thecloudpod.net to subscribe to the show, join our Slack channel, or sign up for our weekly newsletter. You can also find information on reaching our audience through a CloudPod sponsorship opportunity. A big thank you to today's guest, and thank you for listening.